0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of the Above the Ring operation, Scott. Scott, how are we doing
1: today? Oh, Sam. It's Thursday. You know what that means. The wonderful episode of Above the Ring. Episode number 88. We are so close to 100. Yeah, we might have to do something <sighs> a- uh
0: Smell it. Something special for our 100th. It's
1: gonna be good times.
0: We might. We. we you know what? We should talk about that, Scott. Episode hundred is coming up quick.
1: It is. Twelve well, more episodes to go. It's crazy. Like it's, you, like you were saying right before we started this, it feels only like yesterday that we just started this.
0: Yes, it, it is. But you know what would have counted if we didn't, you know, if we included it, it would be mm. Scott's Raw Review and SmackDown Study. If you guys haven't checked those out, those drop on Saturdays and Mondays, uh, Tuesday respectively. Uh, get all your latest uh, Scott's feed in regards to SmackDown and the Monday Night Abomination known as Raw. <laughs> Which, interestingly enough, I saw something. I don't want to get too much into it, but I saw that supposedly. WWE was offered a lot of money to remove Raw
1: off of Mondays. I did not see that. You did not see that? No. Interesting. Which is kind of strange because Raw, even though the show, I mean, last week's, this past week's, I should say, was actually decent. Um, But even still, they've been winning. They've been number one, two, and three in the, in the ratings, forever. I mean, unless it's like big things, it's like political stuff or Monday Night Football. They're pretty much always one, two, and three for the three hours. So that interesting to take them off on Mondays. Where would they put them? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean,
0: w- it, it wouldn't be Monday Night Raw anymore. Like, could you imagine like Tuesday Night Raw or Thursday Night? Raw? It just doesn't work. Uh,
1: no, they'd have to go back to the Raw's War type thing. Yeah, absolutely. Weird.
0: Actually, it looks like the off- NFL offered him. How long ago? I don't know. But interesting.
1: Very interesting. Interesting.
0: But hmm. speaking about the people who are moving, I think the biggest story this week has to do with um, a certain somebody on SmackDown. Going back to your SmackDown episode, I don't know if you covered it,
1: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so as of, uh,
0: as of I think, Friday, Saturday, you know, D.A. O'Brien is a free agent.
1: That did come as a bit of a surprise. Um, I was under the impression that he, he had some more time left. But apparently, yeah, Friday was the end. So uh, it's kind of up in the air where he goes at this point. I mean... We kind of have an idea where the obvious choice would be, but that might be as something as early as uh, the 30th of this month, which we all know is uh, another wonderful pay-per-view put on by the uh, the boys over at, at TNT.
0: Yes, that is the, the case. And I would eat, I could even make an argument for it. Now, I'm not saying my word is, you know, true. For all we know, we can be going to Raw. I mean, he did post something on Twitter, I mean, on Instagram, with a him and a photo of him and Johnny Gargano saying, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um. However, at the same time, he also had a recent conversation where he was like, you know what, wrestlers should be able to wrestle for other promotions. Right. Plus, he said he's getting older, he's going to be 40.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 40 actually this month. And he wants to spend time with his kids, he doesn't want to, like, lose, you know, time with them growing up. Right. So, I would argue that a move to AEW would be plausible because it's only one night a week. Potentially two jack- if they do elevation separately. Right. Um, But, I don't know. You know, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but it only happened on Saturday. I mean, Friday.
1: It's true. But it's
0: fun to speculate.
1: It is. From what I read, I guess WWE is in talks with him to try to get him to resign. Which, if he does, then yes, it leads to him either going to Raw or to NXT. Now, if he were to return to NXT, that would be absolutely bonkers. Just think of the matches that he could have. Like, him and Gargano obviously would be the first. Like, him and Cross, him and Finn, him and Cameron Grimes, him and Cole, him and, Cole, him and uh, Dexter Loomis. Like, oh, my God. I, I, I would go absolutely insane, and I think that would be great a great fit. But who knows? We'll see it doesn't show up for a few weeks and then 30th rolls around and we're sitting, you know, in our respective apartments watching Double or Nothing. And then we have another Moxley moment like we did a couple of years back and.
0: Brian Nielsen,
1: Yep. Then we're exploding about that on that post show. And yeah, so we'll see. It's going to be uh, an interesting, an interesting month.
0: And for all we know, he could be taking a backstage producer role with WWE. Um,
1: uh, I don't know. I th- I think personally, I think that one is a little bit more far fetched. Yeah, because he wants to wrestle, and like I don't know, maybe he'll do like some type of farewell tour where he does stuff for like. NWA and stuff for Ring of Honor, maybe an Impact show or two, and maybe finish off. I don't know. I think it'd be cool for him to show up everywhere.
0: If he went elsewhere instead of staying with WWE, and I think this maybe it's just this the it's the uh, the allure that he was in WWE, but I think he could become the biggest wrestler in the world. like. Not that he's not, <coughs> but like he could. He could be the talk of the town for a long time.
1: The most sought-after free agent in wrestling, even as a 39-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I can see it. Imagine him versus Kenny Omega. <sighs> right? Just just throwing that out there.
0: Well, he did say other wrestlers should be able to wrestle Kenny Omega.
1: Uh, do see? Just you know.
0: Put well, adding some more fuel on that fire. Well speaking about fuel in the fire, speaking about and WWE, supposedly they were in talks with MLW. I think we might have discussed this last time. Yes. Briefly, but, yes. With that being said, I'm not sure if you saw who showed up on MLW this past week.
1: I did. I did. Um Yeah, I didn't really want to bring it up because as we all know how much I love a certain underground wrestling show that no longer exists. I lost my mind when I saw that information. Um, Yeah. And and the funny part of it is I actually just found out about that about 30 minutes ago. And yeah, you should have seen me. I was absolutely giddy. (laughs) So, yeah, and now that I'm thinking of it, I'm getting you more excited again,
0: <laughs> so we we i I need to find the promo. I kind of need to watch it so good uh, um, <sighs> uh following that, I hear like you now all thumb tapping and you get super excited. Um, <laughs> New Japan is gonna be holding a. Couple events this month called Wrestle Grand Slam. Ooh. And it sounds like uh just two home run events. Very nice. Um I I'm not sure what exactly they're doing. It's talent or baseball stars or what. Um but this is interesting. Um, I know I know over there in Japan they love baseball. It's true. So um I don't know, I'm kinda curious. It's like twenty dollars I guess on fight TV for both nights. No wait, I, I lied. Each event is available live and on demand at twenty bucks a piece, and then together they're thirty. Oh, that's still pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. Would I wanna get a would I buy a pay-per-view of wrestlers playing baseball? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure on that one, but it's cool. Um, I thought it was noteworthy. There's something we all need to talk about. That being said, you know what we have to talk about.
1: What we talk about.
0: Let's go right back. Right, let's let's hit hop right into it into NXT. Scott, why don't you kick
1: us off? Oh man, what a what a great episode of NXT. Um. Regardless of what they said with the ratings, this show was great. And a lot of people were saying this online, and I never really thought they left, but everybody's saying NXT is back. And I'm like, yeah, it was a great show. Didn't really think they left, but okay, sweet. Sounds good. I like it. But no, I mean, this show was was packed to the gills with ridiculousness. Especially starting off the night with a false con kind of anywhere match between Isaiah Swerve Scott and Leon Ruff. Like, oh my god. Um, there were a few times where I thought these men were gonna kill themselves and each other, and I was I was completely here for it. Uh the ending was really what kinda surprised me a little bit. Um Leon Ruff looked to be ready to put this match away, but one of Swerve's entourage members, who's actually uh, A.J. Francis, who's one of the Performance Center recruits, catches Ruff and then drops him with, like, a shoulder-neck breaker over the guardrail, which was so flawlessly done, allowed Swerve to actually get the win, bury this entire feud and Swerve sort of ends up walking away with a whole entourage of people, including uh, Ashanti uh, Theodonis and uh, Brianna Brandy, who was another uh, Performance Center uh, recruit. So he's got himself a nice little click going. So I'm like, ah, look at this. Another faction is born. And I am very happy because, Sam, you know how much I love my factions, just like my Tortons. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, there's nothing more that you like than, uh, than factions.
1: That's very true, sir. Very true. After that, we had Cameron Grimes picking up a big victory over a debuting Asher Hale. Asher Hale really kind of stood out to me. Also, the fact that he almost looked exactly like Shane Thorne. I actually thought it was Shane Thorne at first before they showed who, who it was. Um, but no, he really did a great job. But, of course, Cameron Grimes, it's, it's Cameron Grimes. He's taking Dogecoin and himself to the moon. So Unless that's to do with that damn dead DiBiase. Ha! Which he ran into later in the evening, which is probably one of my favorite things. This is probably my favorite NXT feud that's going on per, uh, currently, and there are a lot of great feuds. So Cameron Grimes, after this match, just like maybe halfway through the show, I'm going to kind of skip ahead because this is hilarious. I need to tell it now. He's going to a, um, a, a club, and he runs it to the bouncer to let him in, and the bouncer's like, sorry, you know, not, there's nobody on the list today. The place was, you know, bought out for the evening. And Cameron, of course, being Cameron Grimes, is like, what do you mean? I am Cameron Grimes. Are you, are you stupid? I'm like, wait. I'm like, So first of all, it's a bad idea to insult the bouncer that you're trying to get in the club. So maybe not the best thing. And then all of a sudden, a limo drives up. It has a big giant dollar sign on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be him. And sure enough, the door opens. Million Dollar Man comes out says why try to get into the VIP room when you can just buy the whole damn place just telling Grimes that everybody's gonna price for the million dollar man. He does the best laugh in professional wrestling. I don't care how old that man gets, he can still do it and it's absolutely outstanding. I, I marked out so hard it wasn't even funny. <laughs> so after all that we went back to the ring, had ourselves a beautiful match between Thatcher and Champa, taking on and defeating the Grizzled Young Veterans. It's just, this was your, let's smash mouth, beat the shit out of each other match of the night, and it was beautiful to watch. After that, Karrion Cross comes out with Scarlett and their, their fantastic entrance. And Cross basically said three weeks ago, I said that I want somebody to step up, roll the dice, and see what happens. Nobody did anything. All he heard was a whole lot of air, heard a whole lot of people just opening their mouths. So then at that point, we end up getting Kyle Riley, Pete Dune, and a returning Finn Balor. All come out to the ring, kind of make a little bit of a little bit of more noise, and Cross's face. Balor then decides to attack and gets his gets knocked in his ass real quick, and then it just turns into a brawl. Before all four men, um, and they kind of beat each other up a little bit, and then Cross ends up getting ambushed himself by Jenna Gargano and Austin Theory because earlier in the night. Johnny and Austin decide to barge into Regal's office while he's having a meeting with Scarlet. And let's just say Scarlett's wearing a certain style of clothing that um, accentuates... Her nails. So Yes. Yes, thank you, Sam. Her nails. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Austin Theory took notice of that, and he wanted to make that known to the world that... She's got huge nails, just had to wonder if they were real. And, you know, it was just it was it was beautiful television. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I laughed pretty hard at it. Um so because of that, Cross ends up having a match later on in the evening with Austin because of said nail questions. And before that, going back to the segment I was talking about, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory hit the ring and actually lay out carrying cross. So I thought that was a nice uh interesting moment. Um, and that match will be next week uh with Cross and Austin Theory, so kind of uh Kind of feel bad for Austin because he's probably going to die. But, you know, we'll see what oh, happens.
0: For our entertainment. That's it's, of
1: course, of course. All for entertainment.
0: Are you not entertained?
1: <laughs> I need to watch that movie, by the way. <laughs> Again. Um, the next match was between two of the hottest signings that NXT has had. Uh, Saray took on and defeated uh, Zaya Rayner. Uh, and. Um, Saray so looked really good. Well, actually, so did Zeta. Uh, it was just a a good bout between these two. I can see these two eventually fighting for a championship down the road. Um, it's nice that NXT is actually now starting to really kind of they do this every once in a while. They kind of mix up their talent and kind of give new people a chance to shine. So it's nice that they're doing that with these two. Also, you can see the same thing for for Zoe, Stark, and um it's, it's refreshing. It's not the same old, same old that, unfortunately, you see on Raw and SmackDown. So it gives them a chance to shine. Speaking of people who are shining, LA Knight coming out, getting a big victory over Jake Atlas, getting back on the winning way after not doing so well against Bronson Reed. So we'll see what's next for Mr. LA Knight. A Gadel de Fantasma that comes out talks about how much they destroyed uh, MSK and Kushida last week, leading Kushida to come on the Titantron, issue a challenge to Santos for next week for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which obviously Santos is going to, or he accepted. So that match next week will be fantastic, and then this main event, Sam. I I don't think I've seen a better women's straight fight ever. Like, the things that all four of these women did in different spots during this match was just outstanding. Shotzi trying to kill herself like 40 times, Ember flying everywhere, Indy dropping elbow drops like she's Macho Man Randy Savage, and Candace Wrestling being Candace Wrestling. It's just. I loved it. The way ends up getting the win and are your new women's NXT tag team champions. It's just. It it, shocked me actually. I had hoped that they would win because it's a crime that it's taken this long for Candice LeRae to win a championship in WWE. Like she should have been women's champion at least once by now, if not twice. But the fact that she gets to be tag team champions with Indy Hartwell, who is like literally her child. Like I-, I love the dynamic of the way. The whole thing is just great. Like Austin being the young, stupid brother. Indy, the older uh, sister. <laughs> yeah, older hormonal sister because obviously the whole thing with Dexter. And I love before the match even happened, Candice is talking to Indy trying to do everything she possibly can to hide things that Dexter has left in the locker room for her, including Dexter standing outside the door with roses. (laughs) And Candace just talking and like moving the shades down to nothing, hiding a picture that that Dexter drew. It was just, I love the whole, this whole thing. It's intertwined and it's just beautiful. And then of course, before, um, also before the match with the, (laughs) <laughs> with the dog having a bit of an accident inside the tank. <laughs> it's just... I mean, Frankie? Yes, Frankie's pup decided it wanted to go use the restroom inside of the tank. So kind of threw the tag champs off the mark. Or now I should say former tag champs off the mark. And yeah, i uh, I kind of want to go back and watch this match again. It was... It was real good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, it was a. I thought it was a really great episode of NXT. Um, it's uh, it's it's nice to see. So we'll uh, we'll see what next week brings. But at this point, I think it's time that we uh, move on to Wednesday and see what's going on over on the AEW side of things. Well,
0: well, well, Scott. After a year delay. <laughs> We've had, we finally had blood and guts. Finally took a long time, but we, we got it. We got what we've been waiting for. And we are going to have a talk about what <sighs> happened. Yeah. But first, but first, let's uh, go through. the. Y- y- you know what? I will say this, despite what we're going to get into. There was a lot of solid content here. Yes. So, opening bout we had the tag match with Kenny Omega and uh, Mike Nakazawa taking on you know John Moxie and Eddie Kingston with Don Callis coming out and being like, oh you know he can't wrestle, he's not here tonight. Nakazawa is going to take him on by himself. You know Moxie and Eddie come out and Kenny jumps him, and boom. Um, it was, an, it, it was a lot of cool back and forth. Um. You know, I know Nakazawa is more of a comedy wrestler, but I think he fit in this particular case. Yep. Um, Allowing them to get the victory. um, With Kenny, I believe, pinning Eddie Kingston with assistance of the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. It just... I know a lot of people are aggravated by this. um, But isn't that what good heel work is? Pretty much... And I think right now, Kenny is doing some of the best heel work out there. Agreed. Fight me. Anyone, fight me. (laughs) Pay 20 bucks. All my money's on you. Um, Following that, we had what really I think is a shining, shining moment in QT Marshall's career. Um, QT Marshall on Cody Rhodes. Which I thought was a really good, good bout. Mm. Um, I was upset Rhodes defeated QT because I feel like QT could have taken the
1: win on this one. Yeah, um, yeah, because QT just started the factory and they need to roll. I thought they they should have been picking up more victories. I thought that this should have been a dirty pin for QT. Like maybe have one of the students come out and. Either attack, like Anthony and Gogo did after the match. He, he comes in and punches Cody and lays him out. QT should have picked up a victory because of that. That's, I honestly thought that's what should have happened too. I agree with you 100% on that.
0: But you know what? I won't argue because we did get, you know, Anthony and Gogo to come out, give the punch, and then throw the Union Jack over Cody. Yeah. Um, I can definitely tell they, they have a future. For a go-go.
1: Yes. I agree.
0: Um, but no, I'm... You know, Q- Q- QT actually looked really good. You know, I've mm-hmm. always liked QT Marshall, but I've never been like, oh, man, I love QT. It's kind of like, oh, it's QT Marshall. Right. He's there. He's yeah. good, but he's like not... You know, I'm not going to die if he's not on TV. But like... Like like the thing where Cody was going to hit him with the belt. <laughs> and then the ref got involved. And then QT took his own belt off and whacked Cody. You know, there was just some really good work here between the two.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um,
0: following that, oh yeah, we had a little little promo between uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, um, who eventually assaulted Darby Allen and threw him down the stairs. I know.
1: It kind of it kind of made me jump when Darby came out of nowhere and starts attacking Ethan Page too. Um I love the fact that they that Ethan Page brought up their past a little bit talking about how Darby's like actual injuries were caused by Ethan Page and I'm just like ooh okay I like uh, this key. a lot now <clears throat> so yeah this should be this should be fun I
0: I, w- I want to look into that more cuz I'm kind of curious cuz I didn't look into it last night but they threw him down the fucking stairs. Yep. And that was a good throw. It I was. was. <laughs> I was actually concerned for a moment. I'm like. Looked like it hurt. Well, you're getting thrown down concrete stairs. And it was a flight of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, we had uh, Dr. you know, Britt Baker take on and job out Julia Hart.
1: Not uh, from Calgary. By the no, way, not that. <laughs> I love how that. they had. I love how they had to mention that too. I will say,
0: I'm liking how now they're really building her up, and now she's like we're getting you know within a month away from
1: double or nothing because she has the title shot versus uh, the champ on May 30th should be. uh that might be the that might be the day that brick Baker ends up winning the the title
0: I think she should I think she I think it's her time to shine
1: yeah they're definitely building it up enough and you know I think she has done a wonderful job as champion, but I think now with all the momentum that's been going, I think it's time for brick Baker to take it and if this also could be a great way to reintroduce Thunder Rosa back if she decides to s- stick around, because she's still doing something there. She's still on darker uh, elevation, so we'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, we have the four-way tag team eliminator match. Uh, winner took on the young takes on the young bucks for the titles next week. You know what? I will say, great, I thought this match was fun. Um, I'm liking how the Varsity Blondes have moved up. They're not yes. just like a, oh, hey, the... it's Pillman's kid. Right. You know. Um, But, like, everyone looked good. I mean, hell, I'll tell you right now, as much as, like, the, the acclaimed gimmick is kind of like, okay, whatever. Don't care. But, like, they're really good in the ring.
1: They know how to go, absolutely, yeah.
0: You know, So, um, obviously here, you know, SCU, who is on this, you know, their next match they lose, they retire, um, tour. Um, they're wrestling, you know, the Bucks next week for the titles, which I'm very curious about. I'm looking forward to that. Next, next week's
1: Dynamite is fucking loaded. I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be insane. That, it looks like a pay-per-view. Right? It honestly could be. You know, um, this felt like the go-home show for next week. I know, right? <laughs> the, the crazy thing of this is I have a feeling that next week's cha- tag team match is going to end in a screwy way. We may actually even get, like, a DQ in AEW, which is almost unheard of. This match honestly should be a double or nothing because if SCU is not going to win, I think having them dissolve their tag team at an actual major pay-per-view would be a more proper send-off than to have them lose on a random Dynamite. Agreed. Or they could shock the world and actually win, and then the Bucks have the rematch. That I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then they lose on um, lose at the pay per view, and then they dissolve. Right. So at least Daniels gets his one title.
1: Right. Exactly. And, and uh, Frankie could be a two time.
0: Two time. Two time. The only two time? No, that's not, That's a lie. What am I talking about? Um, Cody's a two time AEW champion too. Sure. Uh, Following that, we had a couple of major announcements. Mm. Um, Tony Schiavone comes out, (laughs) tells Kenny Omega that next week we're going to have the number one contender. And the winner of that is going to go on and take on um, Kenny at Double or Nothing. Now... I was thrown off. I was 100% thrown off because I was thinking about the week prior's rate rankings. Right. Okay, cool. Adam Page is going to be wrestling like Pac or something like that. And then he says it's going to be Pac versus Orange Cassidy. And I didn't realize Orange Cassidy is on the top right now.
1: Yep. Page dropped because he lost to uh, Brian Cage. Mm-hmm.
0: So Kenny Omega's like, oh, we all we all know we want Pac, this and that, da, 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 you know, it's gonna be Pac. And Orange came out. salt. I, lo-
1: I love this. This whole segment was just so wonderful.
0: Imagine if we get Cassidy versus Omega for the title. And WWE. imagine.
1: And imagine. If Orange Cassidy won at Double or Nothing, can you imagine that? I'm happy. In, <laughs> in front of a full crowd, which has been confirmed by Tony Khan himself. Double or Nothing will have a full crowd at Daly's place. It's about 5,500 people. I'm excited. We're going to get a full half-stadium worth of people screaming and yelling. It's going to be great.
0: I am looking forward to this. But either way, like, we got Pack versus Cassidy. And mind you, whoever wins that match faces Kenny Omega and it's going to be a banger.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: But I'm almost convinced after the standoff between the two of them, Orange Cassidy is main event in a pay-per-view with Kenny Omega for the title. Oh my god.
1: Oh, my God. I just love how he just dismissed him. So, like, uh, it was just, I loved it. And just Cassidy just kind of sat there just took it. It's like, all right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So I kind of, I want to see how he beats Pac because Pac's been on a bit of a roll himself lately. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, that'll be a nice revenge for Pac winning way back when. What was it, Revolution? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so mm, that'll be great. But the next announcement that you were speaking of, that one made me really happy too.
0: Did it? Did it make you really happy?
1: Like, how excited are you, Scott? It was, you know, it made me feel the best. That I've felt for a long
0: time. I see what you did. I'm putting down what you're picking up. Sorry. (laughs) Picking up what you're putting down. (sighs) (laughs) Overtired. Wow. Miro has contracted to face Darby Allin for the TNT championship uh, Championship next week. And, if I'm not mistaken, if Darby cannot show, he forfeits
1: the title. Yeah. Which we all know is not going to happen because Darby's made of, like, rubber. So he'll be fine. He's made of little... the same, same stuff
0: that your uh, yeah. Grand Theft Auto character is made out of when he falls a thousand feet in the air and hits a tree. And he's like, oh, he's alive. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Okay. (sighs) Like I said, next week that that card is loaded. Yeah. We're not even talking about the NJPW-US title match with Eugene Nagata um, and John Moxley, which I think might be the main event of next week. I would hope so. The way they're promoting it right now? Yeah. It's got to be the main event. i going to transition from our pre-taped to our live uh, <laughs> portion
1: of the show. God. Oh. I, I, I still can't Go ahead, Scott. That. Go ahead, okay. I know this is where your frustration starts. So I saw online from a ag- person who was actually at the show stating that the first hour of the show – was all pre-taped, and they showed it on the fellow Titan tron that they have there. The only part that was live was the blood and guts part of the show. I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. <laughs>
0: I don't know why they did that, and supposedly they had told people ahead of time that it was only the blood and guts part.
1: I don't don't know. It's just, I mean, I understand why because of what happened during Blood and Guts, but I don't know why just you have that first hour. If you want to tape it, fine. Do it a little earlier in the day. Then take some time off, build the cage, entertain the fans somehow, and then start the second hour. Instead of Having them sit there and watch the screen like they could have done for free at home to only see the Blood and Guts match and that match in itself was riddled with things that we'll discuss momentarily. Um, I don't know. That really rubbed me the wrong way. Like If I paid good money to go down there to see this match, because everybody has been waiting to see it, to get there to be told, oh, you're going to sit here and watch the Titantron for an hour, and then we'll have the match. I'm sorry, what?
0: Again, supposedly I, I read somewhere that that was mentioned to people who bought tickets. But that aside, um... I'm not bothered by it so much i th- I think I would kind of go on with what you suggested where it would have been like hey we're gonna tape everything like an hour before like like almost be like hey come like an hour early or like two hours like, like like we're gonna we're gonna tape from seven to eight the first hour air that first hour and then from eight to nine. Obviously that'll play on the screen. They'll build up the cage. They'll keep the fans occupied by that point.
1: Right. Um, They could have, they could have handled it much better than they did. Even like you're saying, even with the, you know, the mention, Hey, this is just for the match. I don't know. There was, there was just, yeah.
0: Well, Scott, let's get right into the match. This blood-soaked uh, fight. Yeah, um,
1: they they started real quick with the bleeding.
0: <laughs> I knew it was going to be serious when Dynamite kicked off with the parental advisory notice. Right?
1: I, when I when I when I started watching it because I watched I, I watched it after the fact. I was busy during actual Dynamite, so I watched it later in the evening. I thought I had taped something else because I'm like, I've never seen this before. (laughs) Like, what do you mean there's parental advisory for this show? Like, what the hell? So immediately I was like, shit, they must be doing something ridiculous tonight for them to put up that type of warning. And And they did. Well, they did. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
0: I thought it was first and foremost, I will say, I think the match as a whole. It was done really well. You know, the first five minutes between Sammy and Dax, um, really setting the pace, really setting the, hey, this is what we're doing. Yep. This is what's going to happen for the next hour. Um, And then Sean Spears coming in because the pinnacle had the advantage and kicking the shit out of Sammy Guevara. Right. Um. You know, everyone can't. The one thing that bugs me about this, and I, I get it, but I don't get it, Scott, and I think you might be with me on this, was I understand it's on network TV, but fuck, the commercial.
1: Oh, it was, it's un, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And the picture in picture didn't do anything for you. It was just yeah, I absolutely hated that. It really it took everything away that the match was trying to give you. It just took it away. Like, you come back to it, and you're just like, meh, I've lost all my all my momentum with this match already. And then they do something crazy, and you get it back. And then, okay, oh yeah, guess what? We're going to go to commercial yet again, again. They did it four times, I think. And I was just like, guys, I understand that. You could have done this commercial free. Yeah. You load up on your commercials during the first hour of the show, and then you give us this match Full with no commercials, and if that's yeah. the case, then why not just wait till pay per view to do it? <laughs>
0: I, I'm excited. This wasn't on a pay per view. It really did feel like something that was supposed to be special, but it was just. It, this this was one of those. What the fuck are you doing? Why do we got to keep doing commercials? It's like when you watch WrestleMania and there's the commercials during the tr- during the matches, and you are like. You own this fucking network. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. I know. That being said, yeah. Um, once Wardlow and uh, Jake Hager got in this match, shit got real. Mm. You know, you know Wardlow was kicking. You know, you know he was the monster. You, you know, I don't think I've seen Wardlow that with that much power. Yeah. Um. He just looked unstoppable, and then Jake Hager came in. And you know, they he wrecked the ring with all the pinnacle and then, you know, but Wardlow wrecked the ring with all the inner circle, and then they both stopped and made eye contact.
1: Yeah, that was a big moment. I I, I was uh I was, I was hyped, hyped along Yeah, I was hyping up with the crowd too, yeah. And then they start fighting in the middle and it, yeah. And then MJF comes in and then Jericho comes in and they separate and then you have know, one on each side and then they all run towards the middle and they all start fighting in the middle. And that's when, you know, it was great. The thing that for me really lost like everything was when they of course went to commercial break, but then when they come back, MJF is on the top of the cage and I'm like, Oh God, somebody's going to come flying off this cage. All right, let's see what happens. And then you see Jericho start to make the climb. And I immediately was just like, oh, God, Jericho's going to dive off this cage. He's going to get thrown off of this cage. I know he is. And this, for me, I think, is the most egregious problem. And I'm not even talking about how Jericho landed, which, was, which really pissed people off. The whole point of this whole match was you win either by submission or surrender. Now, I get it. Jericho kicking the ever-living stunt out of MJF for a while, and MJF hits a low blow. MJF picks up Jericho, holding him towards the edge, screaming. MJF screaming into the ring and outside of the ring because everybody else decided to escape the cage that I'll throw him off unless you surrender. And then Sammy's like, fine, whatever, we surrender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, yes, MJF pushes Jericho off like we all kind of expected it to happen. Here's my problem with this. We all knew, and if you didn't know this, you're either too young to understand what's going on or you're just an idiot. We all knew Jericho was going to go flying off this, off this cage. The moment they both were up there, we knew it was going to happen. The problem I have is not that he landed on whatever crash pad it was and, and how terrible it looked, which it did. If they had a different camera angle, it probably would have looked a whole lot cooler. It is what it is. It's just, just shows that AEW is just not quite there with the production value yet. That's fine. They're still relatively new. Give them more time. I'm sure they'll have a better way of presenting it. The problem I have is that Sammy shouldn't have said – that they surrender when they did. MJF should have just thrown Jericho off that off that cage, have Jericho land like he did, and then have the whole thing be done, be surrendered because for them not to think MJF wasn't going to throw him off was incredibly naive and stupid. So they should have just done it and then they could have they, they could have surrendered after that. Because Jericho clearly was, quote-unquote, dead. Even though, like, half the time the camera was on him, he'd have one eye open, talk to somebody, and then realize, oh, shit. Ugh. Rebuttal.
0: <laughs> okay. So I've had a lot of time to think about this match. I uh, think about the ending of this. Um, the fall, and I did see a video that explained this. It's like, you know, people were all bullshit about how, you know, Matt Hardy wasn't protected when he fell. Right. And then people are bullshit that, you know... What Jericho fell on was obviously fake, right? You know, I would have rather have him fall safely, like he did. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, had he got had he not been th- had he been thrown off, do you think the inner circle would have done that, or do you think it would have been more rage and the
1: fighting would have continued? No, I think that at that point, it would have been over. Because Jericho was clearly the leader and Sammy probably would have been like, that's it. We're done at this point. I don't think it would have been, there might've been some rage, but at that point you saw how, how dead they all were anyways. And that was another problem that I have. They just ignored the other four members, the other eight members of the teams when those two were up top of the cage. I think only once they did a far, like, like a far shot to show like the other eight kind of taking a nap in the ring while those who were fighting up top. It's like you could have done more with this. There's just it started off so well, even with some of the miscues, like Dax going for a pin on Sammy in the very beginning. I know it's just muscle memory, so obviously that was a whoops. And then Sammy trying to jump off of two ropes and ends up tripping over the second one and almost killing himself. Like oh my just, god,
0: I forgot about that.
1: That was nuts. And like, what was it? I think it might have been. It might have been Santana getting thrown through the ropes and through the almost through the cage. and slides between the cage and the the ring. <laughs> it's just like, holy Christ! Like there were some, there were some pretty awesome moments inside the first, like the first eight members, and then everything just kind of went wonky after MJF and Jericho got in the ring. It was, I don't know. I I don't have a problem with Like, to not kind of rebuttal your rebuttal a little bit, I don't have an issue with Jericho falling on a a crash mat because, yes, that should have happened. I had a problem with how they presented it. If they had just a different camera angle, something from above, you see Jericho fall. And you see him laying there because I think they even showed a, a different view eventually of Jericho, you know, laying on there from above. Why not just have that be the shot? Just watch MJF push him off. It would have been it would have looked a whole lot better. Just not show any view from from the actual area because you could obviously see underneath when he hit. Everything kind of popped up, and it, it obviously looked bad. So if you keep it aerial, it doesn't look nearly as bad. That was just my – I'm just kind of nitpicking. I don't care that he landed on a crash pad. I'm glad that he did because, yes, the man's 50. Probably shouldn't be taking that dive anyways. But he did it because he wants to further along the storyline. So it is what it is. But people just like to bitch about everything. I'm not bitching about it. I'm just I'm giving constructive criticism of this match. I was supposed to
0: go, can I rebuttal your rebuttal? <laughs>
1: of course you can rebuttal my rebuttal. Let's no, re- I only do- want to say it
0: just to say it.
1: I <laughs> okay. <laughs> what rebuttal your rebuttal of my rebuttal? Um, rebuttals.
0: No, yeah, I think I think a lot of people have the same constructive criticism. Um I think similar to the, the the exploding barbed wire death match. Oh,
1: that was a botch. We got explosions. That was terrible.
0: <laughs> you got to keep in mind, the majority of the product was really fucking good. It was
1: absolutely.
0: You know, you know for for what they offered, and it was interesting. I didn't realize both Jr. and Tony Schiavone called the first. War Games
1: match back... Yep. In, what, 87, they said? Yep.
0: That, I thought, was really cool.
1: Yeah, I like that little callback. Of course, they keep calling it the blood and guts match. I'm like, guys, stop. It's not... Don't say that. <laughs> yep. That was the only thing I was like, just just call it what it is. I mean, unless WWE has it, like, completely um, copyrighted, you can say War Games. <laughs> I mean, and they might. Maybe that's why they say it. Maybe. If that's the but. case, then whatever. Um, I also will say, and I know a lot of people bitched about this too, but I was happy to see a couple headshots with steel chairs during this match. Mm-hmm. Made it seem even more violent, which is what this match should have been. People were all like, oh, there shouldn't have any chair shots to the head. We're better than that. Nah. Nah, why not? It's blood and guts. Exactly. People need to get hit in the face with a chair. It happens. It's it's from it's Sean Spears' chair, for God's sakes. You all know it's gimmicked. Stop you,
0: it. Can, can I also point something out? And I was thinking about this throughout this whole match. And call me a marker and uh, a nerd, if you will. <laughs> but I'm thinking about this and I'm looking at the cage itself.
1: Yep. And
0: that's... I mean, you know, war games the first war games happened July 4th, 87.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Almost ten years, if not ten years, prior to Hell in a Cell. War Games AEW's version. The way that cage is built. Yeah. Where there's no almost no room for error. You can barely make the floor except for Ortiz or Santana, who ended up flying to the floor <laughs> at that one point.
1: Yep. <sighs> I'm
0: gonna I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. War the war games cage as it should be with the top looks a lot more terrifying than a hell in a cell. Agreed. And that also could be, be coming from me who's looking at this and going. Yeah, Hell in a Cell's a garbage gimmick get now. They don't use it right.
1: Right, exactly. It shouldn't be its own pay-per-view. It should be the final match of a, of a hellacious feud that has no other way of solving the feud than beating the ever-living hell out of one another inside Hell in a Cell. I agree with you 100%. They need to get rid of a lot of these gimmick matches. Or not matches. Gimmick pay-per-views. And just make these matches more special. You know they're on Peacock now in WWE Network for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the, the world. For they've been on this for a long time now. They don't need 13 pay per views per year. Vince would have
0: you think otherwise.
1: I know Vince. They want you to have 40. You know all we really need, honestly, is eight. You have the big five, including Money in the Bank, and you sprinkle some other ones throughout the year. You don't need so much. Allow the writers to give you a good story instead of the garbage that we get every single week.
0: Please listen to Scott's Raw Review on Tuesday mornings. In my anyway, SmackDown
1: studies on Saturdays. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm a garbage product here. Well, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> the, uh, the, the talent does as well as they can. It's just I feel bad because he, I'm sure these writers come up with some excellent stuff. And then Vince is like, nah. We want to give him I don't know, some stuff with poop in it. Or, you know, yeah. let's rub dog food all over somebody. That'll do something. Kids love poop. Uh, it's, yeah. like I lo- I, You know, I, I can't thank Vince McMahon enough for everything that he's given to this wrestling world. But at this point, something's got to give. We need more... Influence from Triple H, more influence from people like Jason Jordan and Paul Heyman when, you know, he was doing stuff because he was bringing the right people in and pushing the right people instead of the old half, you know, part-timers that only really need to make appearances for the huge shows. And it's just. But. Tune in on Tuesdays and Saturdays to really hear me rant on this stuff. This is is for midweek. This is when the best wrestling happens.
0: (laughs) Well, that being said, we're going to close up the week. We'll go through this quickly, guys. Impact Wrestling just happened prior to us recording. Um, we want to talk about good wrestling, my friends. Yes. Uh, this, this evening we had a few of the, uh, under siege qualifier matches kicking off. with Chris Saban taking on Rhino with Chris Saban, getting the win. Um, Oh, but during the night, Rosemary and the rest of decay kept popping up and, uh, bothering everybody. Yes. It was I a lot this. of fun.
1: Me very happy.
0: Um, it's good to see, uh, her being all creepy. Um, Uh, Following that, we had Susan taking on Taylor Wilde with uh, Taylor Wilde getting the win with an assist from Camille Dashwood. Dashwood's trying to get pretty friendly here, but Taylor Wilde doesn't seem like she's taking any bullshit.
1: Nope. (laughs) It's great. Um,
0: Deanna Parrazzo was interviewed after this where Rosemary and Havoc popped in, and they're like, yeah, you don't have any challengers. You need a number one contender. And she goes, oh, yeah, you two should wrestle each other. To which Scott Demore later on in the night was like, yo, you you need to come to the booking meetings because you are just a great booker. Whoever wins you that match is gonna wrestle you for your title. <laughs> and walks away. Following that, Scott, um, we had another under siege qualifier. Trey Miguel taking on Raheet Raju with Trey Miguel winning via submission. Um following that, we had Doc Gallows take on and defeat um Juice Robinson. Robinson, wow! How did I, I? I was looking for his name. Like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> uh, I totally forgot that they had the titles, but it was exciting to see Juice and uh, David Finley out there. Uh, following that, we had El Phantasmo's debut. Did 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 you watch Impact tonight? Yes. What did you think of El Fantasmo in the ring?
1: I, I, I really enjoyed him. It was good. Guys- I also, I enjoyed SVK, too. Uh, I'm sorry, SVK. V Vsk. He did pretty decent too in his, in his own debut. Yeah. No, he did. A, he did a great job.
0: But um, I like how El Fantasma is a hard, like he's a hard hitting like high flyer. Yeah. Like he's not just a flyer who does his flips, but he's like very hard hitting. Yeah. Uh, following that, we had Kira Hogan taking on Rachel L. Ring with Rachel Rachel L. getting the win here. Um,
1: set up a nice match for next week though. Afterwards, and they had that little confrontation in the back. Mm yeah. So now okay. Jordy and Grace is gonna go against uh Tasha Steels. So that should be fun. So maybe a rematch at Under Siege? Yep. So it's looking
0: like. Um and finally the main event.
1: Mm.
0: Moose, James Storm. What a match. With Moose now being in the uh the the match at uh under siege which is looking to be a solid card, May 15th. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm going to watch that night because that weekend is my 30th birthday. So <laughs> I'm getting old here. And Scott's like, yeah, you're talking about getting old? Uh, <laughs> Get old.
1: 30. I wish I could be 30 again.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but, you know, definitely want
0: to keep an eye on this one because I believe that's the match, the uh, the six-man tag match between, you know, The Good Brothers and Kenny taking on Eddie Edwards and
1: Finjuice. Finjuice?
0: Wow, I think it's the end of the night for Sam. Uh, (laughs) Sam's ready to tap out himself. (laughs) I am more like I was trying to come up with a Blood and Guts reference but I can't right now because I'm so tired. Um, (laughs) I've been fighting squirrels for the past week. Um, Squirrels. That being said Guys, thank you so much for listening. Next week, one of our pride pos- possessions of what we were doing when this podcast started a year ago. is going to be starting up again. Scott, are you ready to bring back Dark Side of the Ring?
1: Absolutely, my brother. Oh, man. I, I'm so excited. First episode aired tonight, or yesterday by the time no, we, it just comes out
0: yeah i did the, the time it didn't work so by the time this is you know this episode's out uh the least episode the first episode will be out so we will be covering it the following week for you yep. guys um we're looking forward to discussing this because we love dark side of the ring such um, good stuff great documentary series um But if you don't already do so, guys, please follow us um, on Twitter at Media underscore Bedlam. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as the SLB uh, SLB official. I'm having a stroke. And Scott as Scotty J Stream. Uh, We are on all streaming platforms, including Pandora. If you guys – or, you know, make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why – Bedlam Media and Above the Ring is the podcast of your choice, and why they should listen to us as well, guys. Thank you for so much for listening to us tonight. This is Bed Above the Ring, and as always, do not forget to join the
1: Bedlam. Welcome to the All Eighties Movies Podcast. I'm Bill.